At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. to the Cryptid Keeper podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And this is the part of the show where we spin you some monster tales. That's right. Gonna spin you some yarns and spin you some straw into gold like Rumpelstiltskin. Okay. Huh. I don't know. I was trying to think of other things that spin. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. Spin you some sugar. Beyblades, maybe. (laughs) Uh, I'm very excited about the cryptid this week. Are you? Um, well, I don't know what it is. I, well, you should be excited, though. You wouldn't tell me what it is. I don't know. I, I don't did know tell I'm... you you'd be excited. I, but I, I kind of counted on you leaning into that. Okay, I'll lean into it. I'll be excited. Okay. I'll lean in. I'll Cheryl Sandberg it. I'm excited. All right. You know what? Then then fine. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to start talking about it. And I want to see the moment when you figure out what it is. Okay. Picture oh, this. Okay. We're going to do a little bit of scenic design. I All want right. you to immerse yourself in the word picture that I'm painting for you. This is a radio play now, nice. It's now a radio play. Imagine this. Mm-hmm. It's September 12th, 1952, just about 7.15 p.m. You're outside, tossing the old pigskin around with a couple of your boyhood pals, because you are in your boyhood at this time. I'm in my boyhood? You're in your boyhood. You're a young lad. Okay. Uh, and you're out, you're playing with your brother and, and your friend. Uh, you are... Either 13, 12, or 10, depending on which one of the boys in question you are. (laughs) Okay. I like to give you some options, and then you can sort of try them on and see what fits. But that's the scene. You're outside, tossing a ball around. It's a beautiful, beautiful fall evening, just absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, you see a bright object streak across the sky, Mm -hmm. and it lands just a little distance away. And you think, all right, that's, we should go check this out. Yeah. So what you do is you run to the home of your mother, or your friend's mother, if you're the other boy. Mm-hmm. And you say, Mom, we just saw the most incredible thing happen. Let's go. Your mom grabs her flashlight, and there are three other boys that come with you. You trek across to the property of this farmer, and you become the first people in history to see the Flatwoods monster. <gasps> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Braxton County, West Virginia. Country roads, take me home. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so excited to introduce the world to my beautiful wife, my one and only, the queen of my heart, the Flatwoods Monster, also known as the Braxton County Monster, also known as Braxy. She's a high femme masterpiece. She's incredible. I love her so very much. Oh, wow. I can't believe you. You Barry, you did it on purpose. You brought this heavy hitter into our booth today. It is time. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe it. I can't believe I know. it. It's like, it's like we have a celebrity with us today. Oh my god, I can't believe it. I'm starstruck. I really wanted to get the chance to do this one before you moved halfway across the country, because I felt like it was one that would be fun to do while we were like both still actively recording in the same place, and I know that those moments are like sort of limited going forward. And I'm still in the region 
too. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. In her homeland, essentially. Not quite, but close enough to it. Yeah, I mean, we're not that far from Flatwoods. But yeah, so I just, anyway, I wanted to I wanted to share this beautiful moment with you um, in person. Thank and so you. I thought that I would bring the Flatwoods monster with me today. Thank and you. And I know that there are certain, like, cryptids that we've just sort of, like, understood since the dawn of time belong to each of us. So I knew mm. this responsibility was on my shoulders. Oh, yeah. And it felt like, it, it felt good. It felt right. <laughs> When we were splitting up custody of the different cryptids, yeah. I think this was given to you pretty early on. There's just some that we know. And yeah. I don't even know that we ever had to have a conversation Actually, yeah, not- about it. I think it was just like, oh, that, yes, that one's yours. This one is yours. This one's mine. That one's yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Flatwoods Monster. Uh, again, also known as the Braxton County Monster, the Phantom of Flatwoods, the Green Monster, known in Braxton County as Braxy, although like... I don't know if people from outside are allowed to achieve that level of familiarity. Only her friends call her Braxy. Only her friends call her that. Don't you dare be familiar with her. (laughs) You haven't earned the right. (laughs) So now that you know what sort of the concept is, let's... Let's jump back to the source on this one. And let's hear this story from like a, an outside perspective, because I think it'll make a little bit more sense, although it would be a little bit less atmospheric. Mm-hmm. So 7.15 p.m. on September 12, 1952, two brothers, Edward and Fred May, and their friend Tommy Heyer, ages 13, 12, and 10, respectively, said they saw a bright object cross the sky and land on the property of local farmer G. Bailey Fisher. And if that isn't the beginning of a great, like, West Virginian story, I don't know what is. Like, you're outside, you're playing ball, you see a bright object land in the yard of the farmer like it's so great oh it's old man fisher old man fisher the boys went to the home of kathleen may of the may family which these other two boys are where they told their story may accompanied by three other boys local children neil nunley 14 and ronnie shaver 10 and 17 year old west virginia national guardsman eugene lemon went to the fisher farm in an effort to locate whatever it was that the boys said they had seen The group reached the top of a hill where Nunley said they saw a pulsing red light. Lemon said he aimed a flashlight in that direction and momentarily saw a tall, man-like figure with a round red face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. Descriptions varied. On an article for Fate magazine based on tape-recorded interviews, the UFO writer Gray Barker described the figure as approximately 10 feet or 3 meters tall, with a round, blood-red face, a large pointed hood, and eye-like shapes, which emitted a greenish-orange light and a dark black or green body. She's beautiful. Kathleen May, who was the the mother that accompanied them, described the figure as having small claw-like hands, clothing-like folds, and a head that resembled the ace of spades, which is usually interpreted as that sort of hood shape that's Mm -hmm. behind it. According to the story, when the the figure made a hissing sound and glided toward the group, Lemon screamed and dropped his flashlight, causing the group to run away. So that's the basic sort of appearance of mm-hmm. the Flatwoods monster or Braxton County monster, what have you. Um, and that's the first encounter story. Mm-hmm. When you tell me about her clawed hands, I want you to know I am imagining acrylic nails. Oh, thank God. So there are a lot of different interpretations of the Flatwoods monster, and there are a lot of different ways that this description plays out in people's minds. And a lot of them have sort of become solidified over time. So there are different ways that people, I think, have internalized this image or tried to wrap their head around these shapes and thoughts. Most of them end up being either very alien or very robotic in nature, like mechanical. And some of those are one and the same. Some people are under the impression that it's like it's an alien wearing some sort of armor or some sort of suit, right. which is a very popular theory. Other people think it's just a weirdly shaped like alien scout with some sort of like uh, dress form on. But yeah, they're described as like clothing like folds on the bottom half in some variations of the story or they're described as like being a mechanical sort of framework or a structure or panels, uh, different ways. And again, it's all just how you parse out the things that are true about this description. Right. 
I've always seen portrayals of the Flatwood Mo- Flatwoods monster with glowing orange eyes. I've never mm-hmm. seen the green. So when you mentioned that, I was not prepared. Yeah, it's described as a greenish orange light, which is which interesting. Which is nothing. Yeah, Sorry. it's fascinating. What is the mixture of those colors? Is it brown? They're brown. They're brown eyes. Well, I, I don't think it's so much like those two colors mixed together so much as I think. Have you ever seen old panels or like old robot depictions where it's like kind of a, a yellowy green and like the colors are not all the same? It's like sort yeah. of a panel type thing. Or like mm, if you okay. look at a like a solar panel, like it looks green in one angle and kind of like the, the orangey reddy color mm-hmm. in another light. Yeah. I think it's like... It's one of those. As you sort of shift it and like yeah. plays off it differently, they look different. So are you trying to tell me I can't sing brown-eyed girls to the Flatwoods Monster? You can sing whatever you want to the Flatwoods Monster. Okay. I don't know that she speaks English, but I'm sure she'll be charmed. I don't need her to speak English. I need her to receive my heart's song. Right. And if your heart's song is brown-eyed girl, then that's fine. <laughs> okay, it that. might be. All right. The other thing that's interesting about the Flatwoods Monster sighting is that it is accompanied by stories of, specifically by this group, although in later corroborations we'll talk about this too, the group said they smelled a pungent mist and some later said they were nauseated. Oh. The local sheriff and a deputy had been investigating reports of a crashed aircraft in the area. <gasps> They searched the site of the reported monster, but saw, heard, and smelled nothing. According to Barker's account, the next day, a Lee Stewart Jr. of the Braxton Democrat claimed to discover skid marks in the field and an odd gummy deposit, which were subsequently attributed by UFO enthusiast groups as evidence of a saucer landing. Nice. So there's some really interesting stuff that surrounds the original Flatwoods monster sighting. Uh, The first of which is that the story is sort of prefaced by these boys seeing this, like, bright object streak across the sky and land in this field and then going to check it out, which to me just encapsulates, like, everything there is to love about, like, weird boyhood alien encounters in a very specific oh, yeah. way. I love it so much. But it's not the only sighting of, like, a thing streaking across the sky that night. And it's not the only indication of something like, falling and having crash landed. Because, again, without interaction with this other group, the sheriff were was already out, like, looking for a crashed aircraft sighting, which I think is so fascinating. I love the way that all the pieces of this one line up. Mm -hmm. Now, there are reports from, like, across the country of that being a meteor shower that night. Mm. Um, And so there are a few different, I guess, not, well, they're not just theories, because it's like saying, like, yeah, what the boy saw was probably a meteor is, and that's, that goes beyond being a theory. It's probably true. What I'm saying is that I don't necessarily know that that discounts the Flatwoods monster crash landing. I think that multiple people across the country or the area or the region having seen a falling object from the sky doesn't make it less likely. Mm-hmm. Especially because of the investigation of a downed aircraft. Yeah, exactly. That Super is cool. some marvelous serendipity, if anything else. It's beautiful and perfect, and I love it. So needless to say, this, like crash landed not only on Earth, but into all of the headlines the following area. Yes. It is not difficult to make the news in West Virginia, but at the same time, you should know that when you do, it is a big deal, right? Like anything that lands you on the front page, you are talked about. And so the Flatwoods monster, I think, was enjoying quite her debut into high society. Oh, man. Press coverage. The headline, the... Let me see. I think it was the immediate next morning. Okay, so... That happened on September 12th. On September 14th, the headline in the Charleston Daily Mail, which is the state capital's newspaper, says Braxton County residents faint, become ill after running with weird 10-foot monster. Nice. That's big news. You make it to the Charleston Daily Mail, you've hit it. I'm sorry. Is she 10 feet tall? Yeah, about three meters. She's a glamazon. 
She is. She's gorgeous. Oh, my God. I love her. I'm she's so tall, so strong. We love the Flatwoods monster. Oh, man. Oh, she's amazing. According to former news editor Holtburn, newspaper stories were carried throughout the country, radio broadcasts were carried on large networks, and hundreds of phone calls were received from all parts of the nation. Of course. The National Press Services rated the story number 11 for the year. Oh, my God. A minister from Brooklyn came to question the May family. A Pittsburgh paper sent a special reporter. And Pittsburgh's big news. Oh, yeah. That's like a big deal, especially in 1952, West Virginia. Awesome. Oh, amazing. UFO and Fordian writers like Gray Barker and Ivan T. Sanderson arrived to investigate. They better have. They absolutely better have. She deserves it. So the Flatwoods Monster, as you might expect, not only occupies like a really proud niche in national discourse as like a cool ufo thing but like anything that happens in west virginia that draws positive outside attention the state has latched onto it in a way that is just absolutely (laughs) life-changing and it's great you know i love it and i love when we get the chance to talk about monsters that are such hometown heroes Mm -hmm. and the flatwoods monster is definitely one of those there are like cool statues all over flatwoods and other things to see and let me tell you there's not much else going on in flatwoods (laughs) I've been to Flatwoods several times. It's not, like, really much of a destination unless you just want to go and say, it's all the Flatwoods things. They're cool. The Flatwoods monster stuff. Uh, So before you ask, no, I've never had a run-in with a Flatwoods monster, unfortunately. I would imagine that would, like, be right at the top of this episode. Oh, yeah. It would have been right at the top of this friendship. I would not have buried that one so long from you. But I've never never personally encountered the Flatwoods monster. I have seen some of the Flatwoods monster statues. They have these like chairs that are shaped like the Flatwoods monster around the city. Uh, It was like a big publicity campaign and something that the town really, really attached itself to. Did you sit in them? No, I think it was more of just like a drive-by thing. I don't remember actually getting it. Flatwoods is a place that's like on the way to a bunch of other things. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really ever spend like a lot of time in Flatwoods, but have been through Flatwoods and past Flatwoods like a million billion times. There's like an outlet mall there. It's it's fine. But the Flatwoods monster is a huge deal. Okay. And we love the Flatwoods monster. 14 out of 10. There's something very special, and we talked about it on the Hodag episode, but there's something very, very special about the way that small towns respond to claims of strange things in them. Oh, yeah. I love it. And it's absolutely, like, a very key part of the state's economy, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's me speaking as someone from West Virginia. That's not me speaking as an economic expert. I don't have facts and figures to back this up. All I can tell you is that I know for a fact that as mining has sort of, like, waned as a viable industry in West Virginia, tourism has definitely taken its place. And not necessarily in a way that is equitable or sustainable. There's a lot to be said about the state's economic plight and the things that are happening not only in that area, but all across Appalachia. And this is, I don't really want to get into that like in a huge way right now because it makes me sad and the Flatwoods Monster makes me very happy. (laughs) And I don't want that kind of tonal whiplash going on here. Yeah. But tourism in West Virginia is a big deal, whether it's to natural, beautiful areas like uh, if you know, the mountains and bridges and the Appalachian Trail and hiking and whitewater rafting and all of that's like incredible. It's a really, really prolific and super helpful industry in the state. There's like a national Boy Scout headquarters there now. A lot of really cool stuff happening. But another thing that's important are these sort of folkloric centers, like whether that's the cultural center at Tamarack, where a lot of state artisans can like show their wares and stuff, or whether that's places like Point Pleasant and Flatwoods, where you can see these national landmarks of these cool spooky things that have sort of captured the country's imagination. Mm -hmm. And it's huge. And it's really cool because not only has a monster literally called the Flatwoods Monster got this built-in association with the town of Flatwoods, but it's also definitely got its handprint all over everything there. Absolutely. 
which I'm glad for. I think that I think that she and they deserve it. Absolutely. Oh my God. I know I just keep repeating absolutely right now. I'm just sort of taking it all in, basking in the splendor. <laughs> so she is beautiful and perfect and I love her. I'm trying to keep all my sources straight. So give me just a second while I pull up the next one that I was looking for. No worries. You're fine. So I want to talk about the Flatwood Monsters looks. Uh, Yeah, let's do that. that The looks that she is bringing to the table. I want to talk about those clawed hands. I believe, like, probably just some amazing, like, I don't know, she's an alien. We're talking, like, space nails. They're probably made of some sort of, like, unknown metal. They're, like, acrylic nails made of some kind of Mm -hmm. space metal. They're, like, I bet they're, like, shiny and sparkly and, like, dark, dark purple. This is just my... You're getting my weird headcanon of the Flatwoods Monster. I like that you have headcanon to the Flatwoods Monster. Just like the look. I I know there's the hood. It's like a, I think it's like a cloak dress, like a dress with like a cloak. You know how there was a period of time where like, like all these designers like uh, had cloaks on their dresses? You know what I'm talking about? Like there was like a, there was like a Prada and like all of these, not Prada, Uh there was like a Chanel, like capes. Right. I, I think I, she's got like a Chanel cape. I do want to make sure you know the look is like more cinched than that. No, I, I There's sort of that. like okay. an empire waist deal going on with the Flatwoods okay. monster. Okay. Um, and so like very hourglassy. Okay. Um, although maybe in a bit more of like a linear way than like a curvature way. Mm-hmm. Um, not to objectify the Flatwoods monster. I'm just telling you about her look. It, we're talking like big 80 shoulder pads though at the <gasps> yes. very least. And Ahead then, like, of her time tapered. too because this is the 50s. Oh, she was blazing trails, serving looks. I do have to ask myself sometimes, do I truly love the Flatwoods monster? Do I love what I have imagined her to be? I mean, I can see how you would definitely think she would be like your manic pixie alien wife. Yeah. But I think that she's... I, I think that you fundamentally respect everything that she is and has to offer. And represents. And okay, represents. So thank you. I appreciate that. And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that she is just, like, aesthetically so beautiful. Okay, that's fair. And that she's, like, a fashion icon. Yeah. And, I mean, okay. I think that she's worked very hard to brand herself that way. And there's nothing wrong with recognizing those efforts. That's true. I mean, again, she was rocking 80s shoulder pads in the 50s. Mm-hmm. She's straight up out of the fashion future two decades ahead of her time at least amazing. She may just actually be a time traveler and not That's nail. true. Even uh, then, that's be, still being ahead of her time, isn't it? It's great. She's a feminist yeah. icon. I love her. All right. Tell me more. Tell me more. Okay. So I'm going to go over to Braxton, West Virginia. It, it's BraxtonWV.org. It's the okay. website of Braxton, West Virginia. Perfect. And they have an entire section on the Flatwoods monster. Well, I would, of course they do. I was going to say, since like she's like their hometown hero, mm-hmm. I would hope yeah. that they would acknowledge her and all she's done. She is. It's true. Flatwoods is the center of the state of West Virginia, and the Flatwoods monster is the center of Flatwoods. So she's perfect. She's the glue that holds everything together. Why isn't she the mayor? I don't think that she wanted to stick around for that responsibility. Because that's fair. We can't really expect her to do that. Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe she's just not into politics. That's fair. I guess we shouldn't put her in a box. But I do think that the writing on this particular website is incredible, so I'd like to just, just give, uh, yeah, deliver just, some of it for yeah, you. Yeah, give me some excerpts. In modern police parlance, a long unsolved homicide or other crime may be known as a cold case, a term we might borrow for such paranormal mysteries as that of the Flatwoods Monster, which was launched on September 12, 1952 and never completely explained. It then goes on to describe the same encounter that I've already told you about. 7.15 p.m., Flatwoods, little... Uh, little boyos. Little boyos seeing something shooting across the sky and running to grab their mom, who this article specifies was a local beautician. So I'm not sure that that holds any relevance except to explain that she probably definitely appreciated the Flatwoods oh, yeah. monster's look. Oh, yeah. Used it as inspiration for looks for years to mm-hmm. come. There are myriad, often contradictory versions of what happened next, but UFO writer 
Gray Barker was soon on the scene and wrote an account for Fate magazine based on tape-recorded interviews. He found that the least emotional account was provided by Neil Nunley, one of the two youths who were in the lead as the group hastened to the crest of the hill. Some distance ahead was a pulsing red light. Then suddenly, Gene Lemon, who was the National Guardsman, saw a pair of shining animal-like eyes and aimed the flashlight in their direction. The light revealed a towering, man-like figure with a round, red, quote-unquote, face, surrounded by a pointed, hood-like shape. The body was dark and seemingly colorless, but some would later say it was green, and Mrs. May, the beautician, reported drape-like folds. So I guess maybe that's why like, uh, we have her expert opinion on this. She, she noticed the important details. The monster was observed only momentarily, as suddenly it emitted a hissing sound and glided toward the group. Lemon responded by screaming and dropping his flashlight. Classic Lemon. Whereupon everyone fled. Class, did it say know. classic lemon? No, that was, that? that was editorializing. I was going to say, my was part. that you? Classic lemon. Oh, uh, lemon. The group had noticed a pungent mist at the scene, which again we talked about. Mm-hmm. It's just some, perfume. Well, some people describe it as having a metallic odor. Okay. Um, some other accounts have described it as like sulfuric mm-hmm. in nature, which are not contradictory. I'm just pointing out those mm-hmm. are two of the words people have used it's to describe it. It's her perfume. Her epic space perfume, which I love. Our nostrils are not able to comprehend it. The vibe I get from this yeah. actually okay. more than anything is you know how in every old sci-fi movie there's like a hissing and like the the lift gate of the oh, saucer opens yeah. and it's like Shh, and like smoke pours out. Yeah. That's what I think it So you're was. saying probably the Flatwoods monster did not hiss at the people. It was just... Oh, well, I'm thinking like the mist oh. that I'm talking about. Like I think that's what that. When is. you said hissing, I was thinking you were you were combining that with the uh, fact that well, there was maybe. A I mean, it's possible. I mean, or maybe she doesn't, she's not described as having a mouth. I don't think they know that like she was hissing at them. Yeah, I was gonna say, or is that just the noise it makes when she glides? That's Does also she have possible. some sort of like hydraulic like. And that's another very good question because mm. that is possible because, again, there nobody knows for certain whether this is just her body form or whether it's an outfit or whether it's a spacesuit or whether it's a mechanical sort of contraption, um, mm-hmm. whether it's some sort of, like, body modification oh my or God. whatever. Like, I'm not sure. Oh, my God. Sorry. My, do you know what I just like, you what know what I was just thinking about? I was thinking about... Um, <laughs> You know a little show called Steven Universe? I do. I was thinking about Peridot's limb enhancers and how they make her much taller and then you take them away and she's so small. So there's a very, very tiny Flatwoods monster inside of her beautiful robot dress. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. No, I do. I actually love that a lot. I just thought Um, about it. Ten feet tall is maybe too tall. I don't know that she needs to be that tall. How dare you? I love her so much. But, like, I'm just imagining, like, kind of hydraulic, like, stilt boots Uh and, like, you take those off and she's, like... Five feet tall. Oh, very like good. Like five feet tall boots. Amazing. I love that. They're the highest high heels in the very entire good. galaxy. Uh, but yeah, so when I'm thinking about this like mist that was pouring out and these like skid marks and everything, I mean, very clearly she crash landed. Yeah, she did not mean to come here. She did not mean to, or she meant to come here and did not mean to land in the way that she did. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was hoping to drop some dope truths about Prada in the middle of West Virginia. Yeah, maybe but... she was hoping to save them all and bring the good word of fashion, or maybe she was not even intending to be there at all. Maybe she was on her way to the space mall. Or the space fashion week. Oh, shoot, you're right. Not the space mall. What yeah, am I are saying? are you kidding me? Do you think she buys off the rack? <laughs> honey. Do you think the Flatwoods monster buys off the rack? Honey, are you kidding? Anyway, so I okay. think that, like, the mist was probably pneumatics from her. Yeah, that would make her spaceship or that would make a lot of sense. or what have you. And it would make sense also if it made people feel sick, if it was some sort of like fumes. It's also possible that the shape that we think of as the Flatwoods monster is itself the flying craft. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was not evidence of like a spaceship being left behind. 
There are skid marks. There was like a, a substance and some tracks. There was the mist and everything. But it's possible that this whole thing is sort of like a one-person flying suit and that maybe she is very small inside of it. Oh. Maybe it was like a mech kind of a situation. Yes. So like all of these are possibilities. It's Pacific Rim. It's Pacific Rim. Yes, very okay. good. I I really like the idea that there is as much as I am as I admire um, how just very tall and elegant she is. I do love also the idea that this is a sort of spacesuit craft and there's just a little elegant Flatwood monster. I think that's also perfect. Is the thing about it inside? Oh boy, truly the highest heels in the galaxy. Oh yeah, they're just like platforms all the way down. Five foot tall. Five foot platforms. When. Will your fave ever, ever. Never again. Never, ever. Yeah. And uh, so, again, the interesting thing about all of that is that after immediately after they got back from the sighting, uh-huh. this group of people, because, again, like, he dropped his flashlight, there was a hissing, it flew toward them, they fled. They just, like, got out of there. Yeah, of course. Um, Mrs. May called the sheriff, Sheriff Robert Carr, and Mr. Lee Stewart, the owner of a local newspaper. The sheriff couldn't respond immediately because he was investigating a report of a crashed airplane nearby. And Mr. Stewart began began interviewing witnesses. He collected 20 reports from other people who had seen an object flying through the sky. Amazing. As well as some more sensational claims, such as houses being shaken by a heavy impact or radio signals being disturbed. Nice. All right. Mm Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, again, eventually the sheriff, his deputy, and Mr. Stewart went to investigate the scene of the landing. The sheriff and his deputy saw, heard, and smelled nothing. But Mr. Stewart reported a sickening, burnt, metallic odor still prevailing. The next morning, Mr. Stewart returned for a second look and discovered two long skid marks in the grass, as well as a thick, black, oily substance. That's right. Mm-hmm. It is also worth noting that when they returned from the sighting, all of like the youngsters in the group uh, reported being so frightened that they felt sick. Mm-hmm. And that some of the younger children began to complain of nausea and a burning feeling in their throats as well. Like possibly, they inhaled Possibly fumes. a side effect of the mist they inhaled, yes. Yeah. Jean Lemon experienced vomiting and convulsions for the rest of the night. Oh, my God. Yeah. Lemon, are you okay? He's, I mean, he's probably fine now. I mean. He's probably is, pretty famous. I was going to say, is he alive anymore? I don't know. Let me check. I mean, he was 17 in the 50s. Yeah. It's not like. Impossible. Yeah. No, of course. No, don't check. I don't okay. want to know. Okay. Um, because if he's dead, I'll be sad. Oh, no. Classic Lemon. No! <laughs> Classic Lemon experiencing the passage of time. Oh, Lemon. There was another account of a different site. Oh, my God. <laughs> this train has come by three times during the recording of this episode. So if it feels disjointed, that's why. I think the train's done now, though. Thank you for it. <laughs> You know how, like, the city is, like, the other character on Sex in the City? I guess. I think I've never seen an episode of Sex in the City. I've never seen it either. That's just what people say. Oh, okay. Um, New York is, like, the mm-hmm. fifth character. Are there four women? The I don't know. Extra it. Beetle? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that the train is the third host of the Cryptic Keeper. Yeah. Well, he's uh, pulling his weight today. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Okay. So here's the other thing I was looking for. Okay. Uh, in addition to being known and cited as the Flatwoods Monster, the Braxton County Monster, 
or the Flatwoods alien or Braxy or what have you. Uh, there is another sighting or another version of the story from Frametown, West Virginia, which okay. is close by, which also gives it the moniker of the Frametown monster, if you've ever heard it described that way. Um, okay. And I love Dr. Peppy yeah, soda. Off-brand Flatwoods. Yeah. Thanks, Frametown. I'm kidding. I love all cities yeah. in West Virginia equally. Yeah, I'm Earlier just... that day. I don't care for Frametown. I don't care. I, I, don't, I didn't mean it. I'm so sorry to compare it to generic Dr. Pepper. No, you're fine. Okay. I was, that was me calling me out. So the entry on the cryptids wiki oh, nice. covers the Frametown monster a bit. Our friends. Uh, it starts off by saying that this cryptid is believed to be of extraterrestrial nature, which thanks, cryptids. We got that. I mean, yes, the Flatwoods alien is probably... Yeah, right. Anyway. The entity was initially reported as being about 10 feet tall and 4 feet wide, which we didn't get in the other sentence. The 4 feet wide thing, I'm not really sure where that comes from because it's... She is thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. But she's really not. It's not... That's true. ...anything. The 4 feet wide thing, I don't know what that dimension is. I don't know if that's, like, at her widest point, which is, like, the cow. Okay, I'm a little uncomfortable with actually how the similarities between the Flowers Monster and Peridot from Steven Universe, because the head shape is actually I would be stunned if those designers did not intentionally reference the Flowers Monster. Like, they, they have to have. Yeah. Um, also, like, the Flatwoods monster did come first. So yeah. when you say, like, the similarities, I think you need oh, to be I clarifying. Seems, like, oh, I mean that it seems like they designed Peridot. Yeah. That somehow. Anyway, it appeared to be some sort of robotic suit or spacecraft rather than an organic being, which is, again, something that comes up frequently. Right. When I've seen any, like, depiction of the Flatwoods monster, she always is depicted with, like, very metallic features. Mm-hmm. And the the prevailing theory does seem to be that it's either, like, again, robotic or mechanical or at the very least alien. But even in that, it seems to be couched in this idea of, like, her having mechanical attributes. <laughs> Had a cowl in the shape of an ace of spades behind a red round head. Set in the head were two eyes described as portholes, glowing green-orange and the size of half dollars. Also, when we think of green-orange, do you know the other thing I think of? What? I think of, like, cat's eyes when you look at them yes. in different light. Okay, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about now? Like the yeah. kind of uh, reflective quality where it kind of shifts. Yes, yes. exactly. That's, that's what I think it means. Yes, okay, that makes sense to me. The quote-unquote body was a metallic armored structure lined with thick vertical pipes. Discrepancies exist in the actual color of the armor, some saying it to be black, and the other account saying that it was colorless, although later described as green. The existence of arms is a similar matter. Most state the monster was armless, although in the original description by uh, Mrs. May, she described it as having tiny claw-like arms. Okay, are we sure that there wasn't just a person with a Victorian Cockney accent saying it was harmless? <laughs> uh, hmm, I'm not sure what you think a West Virginia accent sounds like. I didn't say West Virginia accent, did I? Why did they have a Cockney accent? I don't know. Community theater? Mm, possible. So here's where it gets wild. Okay. The Frametown monster, believed to be the same creature from Flatwoods, bore similar pipelined metallic armor from the waist down. Okay. From the waist up, however, the other being was a reptilian humanoid. Nice. Yes. Nice. She is a space lizard queen who, nice. wear, who wears a robot suit. Oh, she's amazing. She's beautiful. She's, she's perfect. Gorgeous. I love her. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's everything to me. Just... Rolls up out of that crash-landed spacecraft in an Empire waist space suit armor dress robe? Are we kidding? Scales looking shiny and beautiful. Just incredible. Working every angle. Finding all her light. Smize. 
smizing so hard with those green-orange glowing porthole eyes. Wow. After the event, and this is, the again, the, the initial sighting in Flatwoods in Braxton County, mm-hmm. investigators associated with Civilian Saucer Investigation. And you can find their website under CSI. I was going to say, yep. you know, because there's nothing else with the initial CSI that people might get confused about. Normal brain. Um, they're different. And they chose CSI to try to make themselves look cool. Next level brain. They intentionally are trying to discredit the C- the uh, the big CSI. Uh, Galaxy Brain, the CSI is running a, like a saucer investigation oh, under shoot. their own letters so that people don't suspect them. Wake up, sheeple. Come on, guys. The real CSI obtained a number of accounts from witnesses who claimed to have experienced a similar or related phenomenon. Okay. These accounts included the story of a mother and her 21-year-old daughter who claimed to have encountered a creature with the same appearance and odor a week prior to the September 12th incident. The encounter reportedly affected the daughter so badly that she was confined to a hospital for three weeks. Oh, my God. They also gathered a statement from the mother of the local farmer in which she said that at the approximate time of the crash, her house had been violently shaken and her radio had cut out for 45 minutes. And a report from the director of the local board of education, and that's like as high as authority gets in West Virginia, in which he claimed to have seen a flying saucer taking off at 6.30 on the morning of September 13th, the morning after the creature was sighted. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. The day after the Flatwoods incident, a couple taking a leisurely drive through the mountains of Frametown, West Virginia, at dusk were met with a similarly horrific experience. Okay, let's be clear. They were going to make out somewhere. But anyway, like a leisurely drive at dusk in the 50s. They were going to make out at like make out point or whatever the equivalent is in Frametown. But please continue. Um, Their car came to a sudden stop and refused to start again. Shortly thereafter, a putrid sulfuric odor filled the air. The couple, circling the vehicle in hopes of spotting the culprit, spotted something far worse than they could have imagined. From the waist down, it was similar to the Flatwoods monster, but from the waist up was a reptilian humanoid. This creature, thought to be the same creature as in Flatwoods, is known as the Frametown monster. Yeah, that just sounds like the Flatwoods monster took off her helmet. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does. Probably because she was having spaceship troubles again and was furious and took off the top half of her suit so she could, like, investigate her flying saucer, which had tried to take off that morning and then couldn't. Yeah, probably crashed again. Serious question. I I brought up the idea of of fumes, but... Mm -hmm. The effects of this, whatever this gas or mist is that people were inhaling and was making people, it sounds like incredibly sick. I just wonder about the possibility of it being some sort of like, not not intentional, I'm not saying she brought it to attack people with, but some sort of like bio, like a hazardous chemical, like some sort of bioweapons, not quite the right word, but something like that. Or even people being exposed to bacteria that they're not used to. Like, maybe. Or maybe that's what she has to breathe. Yeah. Oh, true. And it was just like leakage from her saucer or her suit. Yeah. Well, then how could she have her helmet off on Earth? I don't know. Maybe there was a high enough concentration wherever she was, or maybe she only has to breathe like a certain. I don't know. I don't know how her her whole like biology. True. Works. We we have. She's very mysterious. It's part of what makes her so beautiful. Uh, there are actually some interesting occurrences of the Flatwoods monster in pop culture that I'd really like to talk about. Please. Because there's one that I had suspected for a long time, and upon like having it confirmed in this article, like I feel very seen. Okay. But before, Vindication. But before we get into that, I do want to talk a little bit about like 
conventional explanations for the Flatwoods Monster. Okay. Because I would be remiss if I didn't mention them. But also because they're buck wild and I don't know how anybody believes them. Oh, my favorite thing. There's something that thrills me so much in my, like, heart of hearts that just wants to believe in the wildest things. Uh-huh. There's something that makes me so happy when, like, the quote-unquote rational explanations are so unbelievable and weird that I'm like, that's not less weird than an alien. Yeah. Do you want to know what most skeptics think the Flatwoods Monster was? Tell me. A barn owl. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing about barn owls is? I don't know. Is it their holographic eyes or is it their tiny claw-like no, arms? It's how they're 10 feet tall. Is it how they're 10 feet tall? And is it how they're always surrounded by sulfuric fumes? It's how they're 10 feet tall, surrounded by sulfuric fumes, and appear to be covered in metal. Is it how their faces are bright red? Do you yes. love that part about them? <laughs> I love them. Or they're colorless but green bodies? Literally the only thing about that that could make sense is if they're just focusing on on the height and the eye's reflective quality. Because if you're talking about someone just seeing reflective eyes from that high up, you could argue it was a barn owl swooping or something. And a hissing noise potentially yeah. as well. So do you want to hear but more like, about this owl explanation? Because yes. there's another factor of it that I think you'll love. Yes, please. After investigating the case in 2000, Joe Nickel of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry. Okay, Joe. Why are we more CSIs? <laughs> I really think this is a VFD situation. This is a VFD situation. <laughs> Concluded that the bright light in the sky reported by witnesses on September 12th was most likely a meteor. Okay, nerd. That the pulsating red light was likely an aircraft navigation or hazard beacon. And that the creature described by witnesses closely resembled an owl. It doesn't, though, Joe. <laughs> Nickel suggested that witnesses' perceptions were distorted by their heightened state of anxiety. His conclusions are shared by a number of other investigators, including those of the Air Force. Okay. The night of the September 12th sighting, a meteor had been observed across three states, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. According to Nickel, three flashing red aircraft beacons were also visible from the area of the sightings, which could account for descriptions of a pulsating red light and the red tint on the face of the supposed monster. I do want to clarify that people from West Virginia, like, they know... If there are beacons in, like, sight of their homes, that they have been there for quite some time. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm insulted right now. Like, this is genuinely these explanations are insulting. It's like, you probably just saw an air, like, a hazard beacon. It's like, okay, but it's in the same place it's always been. What? This is straight up how I feel when people discount uh, certain types of, like, flying saucer sightings as, like, it's a weather balloon. Yeah, right? Um, Here's the thing. I'm not going to get mad at you for theorizing that it's not an alien as much as I think that that's you uh, sucking the fun out of life. But I I just don't. That's so insulting to be like, mm, I think you mean an owl. If it was just children who saw it, I could maybe right. understand. A grown adult woman. Yeah, but she kids. was a grown adult woman in the 50s, which means she was crazy. Oh, she was. Um, I mean, she was a woman. And a beautician. Mm, women's work. Nickel concluded that the shape, movement, and sounds reported by witnesses were also consistent with the silhouette, flight pattern, and call of a startled barn owl. You know how Re- barn owls hiss at you and then just fly at your face? I mean, they actually might. That's actually maybe legit. But that's the only part of that that lines up. Mm-hmm. I, dude, what are you talking about, Joe? Anyway, so they thought it was a barn owl perched on a tree limb and that the foliage underneath the owl created the illusion of the lower portions of the creature. Okay, I guess. Jeez. It's like a whole thing. Um, I choose not to you believe the owl explanation. I'm like, you know what? Fine. Fine, I guess. I guess. <laughs> fine. It's a whole lot. I feel so resigned to it. I'm just like, fine. Fine, I guess. Okay, bye. 
Like, if you want to think that, fine. If you want to be, you know what, have fun in your, like, unsweetened oatmeal, black and white cartoons world. I prefer to live life to the fullest and believe in aliens and put maple syrup and fruit in my oatmeal. Thank you. Uh, So let's talk about other people who love the Flatwoods Monster. You know who loves the Flatwoods Monster, like, as much as I do? Who? Apparently all of Japan. Yes! Japan loves the Flatwoods Monster. Yes. Which I did not know. The Flatwoods design is popular in Japanese UFO culture, having been used in numerous video games and media. Notable examples include the Flatwoods Monster appears as the final boss of the NES video game Amagon and the stage two boss of the video game Space Harrier 2. Nice. Look at it. Oh my god! It's literally just a Flatwoods monster. Incredible! It's incredible. Um, in the anime series Sergeant Frog, an alien <gasps> modeled after the Flatwoods monster appears in the episode Fake It Till You Make It. I know Sergeant Frog. I don't. But here's the one that I know, and here's something that like I'm so glad to see somewhere else. Um, did you ever play Majora's Mask? Yeah. Did you ever do the side quest where you had to like stop the creatures from invading the Romani farm? No. Okay. So on night two, I think, uh, you can go up to the Romani farm, and there is... Basically, it's an alien invasion. Okay. Um, but the people of the town don't have a word for alien, so they think they call them ghosts. But like when you show up, it's very clearly like there's a flying saucer and everything. Yeah. But there are all these aliens who do a raid on the farm and like abduct the cows and things, and you're supposed to stop them on your horses. But they all look literally exactly like the Flatwoods alien. And is it? I don't know. It's a whole group of them. I, I have no idea. Amazing. I don't know. Anyway, uh, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask features creatures referred to as them invading Romani Ranch that bear a striking resemblance to the Flatwoods monster. While they are obviously meant to be aliens, they are most likely believed to be ghosts or demons by the residents of the Zelda universe since they live in a fantasy world where the concept of life on other planets doesn't exist. But yeah, the character design for those things is wild. And if you've ever played... Amazing. If you, like me, have ever played Majora's Mask and wondered, that is straight up the Flatwoods alien, yes? You are correct. Nice. The answer is Yes. Um, in the 3DS game Tamadachi Life, the Flatwoods monster makes an appearance along with other cryptids in the mystery interior. Okay. In the XBLA game Happy Wars, there is a weapon called the Flatwoods monster. Why not? Yeah. It's like a whole thing. Anyway, yeah. the Pop culture icon. The Flatwoods monster apparently shows up all over the place in like Japanese video games, which I think is so fascinating. I love that. It's such a weird thing. She's a star across all platforms. She really, truly is. She's an international celebrity. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and so there's that. And then you know how we've talked before and how is just a thing that is true about our hometown where both of us live? <laughs> that we have these giant apple statues all over town? Yeah. And uh, how it was, like, one time a thing where you're supposed to, like, go around and, like, spot all of them or whatever. So in yeah. Flatwoods, there's a similar thing where they have a series of, I think, five of these tall chairs that I mentioned um, mm-hmm. that are built to look like the Flatwoods monster. And apparently there was a campaign at one point in time, and I hope that it's still true, where if you go around and get a picture with all five of them, you get a sticker that says Free Braxy. That's amazing. I, I want a Free Braxy free sticker. Free her from where? I don't know. Is she in jail? I, I don't think so. Okay. Just I free her. Not. We just want her to be free. Okay, good. We just respect Alex, her. Alex, yeah. she's already so much more free than any of us can ever she hope to be. She is an absolute icon. I there is die for her. There is no one more free than the Flatwoods monster. It's true. She's an inspiration to all of us. I mean, I guess maybe get her back to her home planet if she wants to go home. Yeah, I don't know. It's not like there are a ton of sightings of her since then. It's mostly like the one big epic event. Mm-hmm. So I don't so know maybe, that she's still here. Maybe she did get home. Yeah, I hope she did. 
But I hope she visits. I hope she visits. I would think she, you know, I feel like there's some nostalgia to be had there, you know. I mean, at the very least, you'd think maybe she'd want to, like, do something for the fans every so often. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess after how she was treated with just screaming and flashlights. But, like, I, I have to think she'd be used to that. Yeah. The flash of cameras and the, the screaming of the adoring, adoring fans. fans. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel like she would. I feel she like would she know mistook like. them for the paparazzi, and that's why she hissed at them. Oh, maybe I would do the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Braxy. Who among us? I'm sorry, baby. Come that, back. That's just her version of like you know when the Kristen Stewart was like flipping off paparazzi so they couldn't use her yep. pictures. Yeah. That was just her being like, "Leave me alone. I want my private life." Yeah, and that's fair. Honestly, she deserves her privacy. Who among us has never fled from the pressures of high society Alex. to a tiny town in West Virginia to find ourselves in an enduring hallmark movie? Movie. Alex? Yes? Free Braxy from the shackles of fame and expectation. Free Braxy! Let Free her, her be! All right, I, I, I take it back. She doesn't have to do any more public appearances. I think that we owe her respect and owe her the time to have a private life. Although, again, I cannot wait for Reese Witherspoon to play her in a movie where she tries to flee, like, the fashion world and come hang out in Flatwoods, West Virginia, because her car breaks down there. Only to find um, that you can't escape fame. You can't. But you also can't escape love. Love? <laughs> love? Hmm? Perhaps love? <laughs> Carol, but one of them's the Flatwoods monster. I think I was actually talking very specifically about a different Reese Witherspoon movie, but I don't remember Sweet what it was. Sweet Home Alabama. There it is. It's not a good movie. Sorry. I've only seen parts of it. And I was just kind of like, oh, this is every other movie I've ever seen on this channel. Yeah, I mean, it's not even a Hallmark movie. No, it's, it's it's a it was a it released in theaters. That's the baffling somehow? thing about Sweet Home Alabama. Yes, huh? Sweet Home Alabama released in cinemas. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that Reese Witherspoon is doing better now. I love her. Uh, Legally Blonde three. I'm hyped for it. Legally Blonde I think three. Flatwoods Monster will be too. I think that Flatwoods Monster should be in Legally Blonde three. I think you're super right. I think she should be like like a kind of gutsy da free Braxy from her current exclusionary contract so she can be in Legally Blonde 3. There it is. That's what it is. All right. I think we solved the mystery. I think we did. Um, hashtag free Braxy. Hashtag Braxy lives. Hashtag let me marry Braxy. <laughs> um, that's it. That's going to be my new Twitter bio for the next three weeks. It's pretty good. I hope you never change it. Thanks. I never will. She'll never, s- ever. She'll see. I bet she's on Twitter. See, the thing is, like, I need to know, I know I need to go home and change it now or I'll forget, but it'll be like jumping the gun on this episode and people for the next week and a half will be like, what the heck is free Braxy? And then they'll figure it out and then they'll know what my episode is before I do it. So don't do that. So I can't. You gotta wait. Make a note in your phone. Okay. I'll just put a note in my calendar. Just says free Braxy in all caps. (laughs) You'll know. I will know. I have no idea how long this episode is at this point because the trains interrupted us three times. So I'm hoping this has been a fulfilling amount of content for you. I really don't think we lost that much time. I think it just felt like a long time because we were angry. It felt like... Years. Eternity, yeah. Felt like years of my life. It was, like, longer than you think, Father. It was me staring into the void and the void staring back and telling me how bad my Flatwoods Monster episode was going to be after I waited so long. No, it's going to be good. Don't be so say that. Thanks. Unless unless I, I made, made it bad by screaming a lot. That's okay. No. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. So... Uh, reminder that you can find us on all of our various internet haunts. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at CryptKeepPod, C-R-Y-P-T-K-E-E-P-P-O-D. You can find us on Facebook under the Cryptid Keeper. You can find us, um, uh, you can email us if you want to uh, send us a listener story or just reach out and say hi. You can That's... find us just behind your shoulder when you glance in the mirror real quick and you think you see someone there. Yeah. It's us. It was always us. And we're saying, hey, did you hear the new episode of the podcast? Anyway. Share it with friends. <laughs> 
You can also find us on Etsy. You can also find us on Patreon. Those are two totally different things, but might tickle your interest depending on what you're into. Yeah, that's 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 the truth. Both of them have the potential to yield stickers. That's, I guess, all they have in common. I don't know why this became so weird. I don't know. I just don't. Thank you so much, as always, for all of your support on all of our various social media platforms. Quick reminder that if you are new to the podcast or haven't caught up on the backlog, or if you're new to Facebook, or if you, like, have decided to come back to Facebook after leaving it for what I'm sure were very valid reasons, you can join us in the Cryptid Keeper Appreciation Group, where we sort of hang out with all of our friends and listeners and a cool online hang. It is... So far, a fandom that I think is not toxic, so that's good. We try to keep it a pretty good space, pretty good time. Anyway, (laughs) I'm, like, emotionally drained because I gave everything I had to the Flatwoods monster, and now I have nothing (laughs) left. I'm a shell of the woman I once was, but I'm okay with it. Right. But I just don't know if I can podcast anymore. We may have to quit the podcast right now. (laughs) I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't think I have any more to give. She she has everything. (laughs) I've given all that I was to her. I gave her the best years of my podcast. I did. I don't know. That's what you get for the alien that has everything. You get her your your essence. I am glad that you brought up, like, Alien Carol, because I think that the Flatwoods mm-hmm. Monster does make me feel the same way that Kate Blanchett makes me feel. I understand. It's the same one. Kind of like Loki want to, like, lay down across a puddle and let her walk on my back. Yeah. With the exception of the Flatwoods Monster has never been a Woody Allen apologist. A better Kate Blanchett, even. Yep. All right. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And I should free us. Yeah, you should. Free Braxy, but most importantly, free us from this episode. I can't take your stinger for you. So as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. <laughs>